0: Hi, I'm Kelly Hitchcock with Elevate. And today I've got a great guest, great friend of mine. His name is Connor Lyons. He lives in Illinois. And you might be wondering, you know, how he and I are friends. Well, we kind of met back during a time when COVID hit and I guess everybody was using Zoom. And so that's how we became friends and have several, several talks, I would say, that we've had. How are you doing, Connor? We
1: talks. Hey, Kelly, thanks for having me, man.
0: Oh yeah, thanks for coming on uh it's kind of cool that we're able to do this you know oh, yeah. you know no matter where you're at you can come on uh connor connor has a great story to tell he we met i guess using ninth grade going into tenth grade yep and uh you know he's got a good story why don't you start i guess at the very beginning uh, as far as so a medical condition connor had
1: mm-hmm. yep so okay let's start here let's get into details I was second grade right about, my parents were split to begin with. So we moved around a little bit and we settled in Knoxville, Tennessee, you know, beautiful, beautiful place down there. Uh, I was about eight years old. I was, you know, I was wrestling at the time. I I started in kindergarten, so I loved it. I wanted to be John Cena, you know, WWE, all that stuff. So I was very, I'd say tough, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to prove myself, I guess, as a kid. So I'd always sit in the back of the bus with all the, all the fifth graders and whatnot. And one day I just crossed the line, one of them smacked my head on the, on the window seal of the, of the bus. And my mom, she's very, very nervous about medical stuff. She's very loving and caring, of course, hi mom. But she's very you know nervous when it comes to that. So she took me right to the ER I had a CT because uh, I was throwing up, and they thought I had a concussion and everything. So, we did the CT, and they they said, you know, everything everything back there checks out, but we found we found a lesion in the top right of your brain. So, you know, that kind of put everything on breaks there. And my dad flew down that night. Um, we had a lot more MRIs, a lot more pictures to try to figure out what this thing was. And the conclusion was, you just have a you just have a tumor in there, and we're gonna All we can do is we can either take it out or we can, we can watch it, you know, every six months for the rest of your life. We'll just take, take MRIs and, and just track it. So.
0: I can't imagine how that, how I can't, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I can't imagine how that made you feel going in every six months.
1: I I was, you know, I was a kid. I didn't understand it. You know, I, uh, I, 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 related a lot to the, you know those commercials for like St. Jude or whatever for donations for kid with, kids with cancer or whatnot. You know, I thought that was me. I was eight years old and understand at the time. I thought that was me, and that's where I was going to end up. It was just a matter of time. So that that's kind of what what I grew up with. Uh, it was very very scary. You know, um, I have you know my parents to thank for helping me guide me through life, but you know, I was I was very very scared growing up um and it's pretty interesting so right about my freshman year before that's when I had my surgery so right about my freshman year my neurologist retired and Dr Savage is her name she took over and uh she was very she's incredible incredible surgeon, top of her class everything and they they sat down with us and said hey if you can get other opinions on whatever, if you want, but with this tumor at the time, it was not growing. It was completely normal. They said, they said, if you go into a room with 10 neurologists, nine of them are going to say, take it out. There's only going to be one pe- one who says, you know, leave it. Let's just watch it. And Dr. Savage was supposedly the one that said, hey, let's just watch it for a little bit. That was, that was the right call. But the thing is with your brain if you if you have a lesion or some kind of mass in your brain the lesion will grow but your brain does not your brain it just cracks and it and it ages and whatnot but it will not grow so if you have something growing inside of there it's pretty dangerous pretty scary so my freshman year right after right after state uh, i went in for an mri and they said or no actually this was before state i went in for an mri and they said hey you're going through puberty, you're a freshman in high school, your lesion is growing with your body. We got it, we have to take it out.
0: Were you having any symptoms?
1: No symptoms whatsoever. Wow. And that's, you know, <laughs> that's so it's good that you
0: were checking it, having it checked every six months, because you would not have known.
1: I would have never known that was a blessing in itself. That I, that that bad event, you know, everyone says a bad event was the greatest blessing of my life. Yeah. Because I would not be a functioning human being right now if it wasn't for that. So, growing up, you know, scary all, all through that, and and then Doctor seven said, "Hey, listen, it's growing. You know, we have two options here. We can watch it for another month until it hits your there's a vein in your brain that controls. I'm not sure what it controls. I didn't really pay attention, but it's something important. And if it, that tumor compresses on that vein, you're going to start having symptoms. You're going to start having seizures, strokes, possibly. We can either wait a little bit to see what happens, or we can take it out." And at that point I was, I was tired of being afraid of, of this brain surgery. I was tired of having it. I wanted to separate myself from it. That was the big idea to separate myself from it. So I said, I looked at my dad and I was like, let's do it. Mom was right there with me the whole time too. So right after state, you know, I wrestled through state with that on my mind. But, uh, right after state, uh, we, we go into the, the ER that morning and, uh, we have the procedure done this, uh. This procedure was supposed to take nine hours, eight to nine hours, somewhere along those lines that weren't sure because they don't know what it would look like, where, it, you know, if it was on the vein or not, you know, they, they didn't know. So I go in, hour and 30 minutes later, the doctor comes down to my dad and says, hey, we're done. You know, it, it was a, it was huge. I had people praying for me all over, all over the world. Uh, it was a very powerful experience. My dad was praying that it would just, just pop out
0: and it did and, right? uh, those
1: those were the exact words the Dr Savage said when she came down so wow. it was a it was a blessing you know um
0: so you were se- so you were separated from the tumor now
1: yeah that was my my big idea my my after the surgeries where I think my my journey really becomes interesting you know I think all that was just building up and it's still building up and then right after I had it taken out was in you know the personal development or whatever began because I thought that, you know, having this surgery, it would separate me from this tumor. I thought all the pain, all the, all the self-induced trauma that I caused myself when I was young would just go away. You know, I could separate myself from it. I can put it behind me, move on. You know, that doesn't happen, you know, and and you helped me understand that my perspective because we Mm -hmm. met after this, I'll get into that, but, uh, that, that doesn't happen. Right. So,
0: the tumor was gone but the thoughts were still there
1: yeah it's it's hard to talk about the after the post-surgery because that's when I was you know introduced to depression and, and you know it's very dark and like like we talked about before you know it's you know I'm a, I'm a Christian so you know I believe that with darkness there's light and with light there's darkness and that's just how it is and, and you got to find your way through that and uh the, the scripture I wrote down before that, that I think it's important that people hear, whether you're Christian or not, I think it's important that you understand that there's light where there's darkness, and there's dark where there's light. Was uh, John 1, 5, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. That was super important to me. I never, I didn't, I didn't know about that verse or anything like that. I didn't understand that at the time. But looking back, I find that to be super true and I find that to be, you know, very, very important that people understand that and people can hear that you know so after that you know i don't talk about it but depression was introduced in my life i was pulling antidepressants i was you know not not loving myself not loving where i was in life it was very hard very difficult and uh i I wouldn't see a therapist i thought that was you know i wanted to be manly you know that was my idea to get over this was to become a man suck it up you know like we said earlier we're talking about suck it up but um
0: let me, let me interject here for a second, though. So at this point, I'm doing... It's kind of cool because I think how, we, how did we hook up? Yeah, uh, yeah. I was doing a podcast with a girl in Houston, Denise Bond. And uh, there was a lady that was friends with your dad that had moved from Illinois to, uh, to Houston. And she heard me on a podcast talking about nutrition and exercise and also behavioral modification. And so she contacted your dad... And because I think, like you said, you didn't want to see anyone because you didn't need to talk to anybody. You know, we're guys. We don't we don't need to do that. And so that's actually I spoke to your dad and I, I was glad to hear that he got right back with me, said, yeah, you wanted to talk. And so that's how you and I met.
1: Yeah, he uh, we were talking one day. He was like, listen, man, I know. I know you're not you're not who you used to be, And there's something going on. I, I want you to, to see this guy. He's a behavioral sports, behavioral therapist. And I was like, okay, you did some wordplay there, but I'll, I'll bite. So I was very curious to meet you. You know, I looked you up, super Jack guy, you know, it was, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll take a swing at it. And, uh, that's how we met, you know, and you completely changed my perspective on, on all that after surgery stuff. It was instead of trying to separate myself from that trauma, man, you got to own that. Yes. you got take that and you gotta pull that in and say man i i own that that was me that's what i overcame that's what i did and whoever the hell this guy is that i'm about to wrestle next i guarantee that he has not gone through what i've gone through and that that really that woke me up that changed my whole perspective um
0: yeah you the battle you had just the battle you had fought is harder than any of these guys have ever even seen or thought. exactly of. yeah exactly and, you, and 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 you know, the, the thing that I was so impressed, I knew that you were gonna be successful is, you know, there's a saying I would say, nothing works unless you do, right? I mean, I can, I've talked to several people, you know, some like you have, you know, done great. And I would say are very successful and will continue on. Uh, and then some don't. And because you've got to apply these tools that, that we talk about. And and I, I could tell every time that I, anything I would give you uh, when we were talking, the next time we would talk, you already had it memorized, you knew what you were talking about. If I recommended a book, you read it and uh you were really really super interested in what we were talking about.
1: Yeah. I remember uh if you're listening, journaling it saves your life. It journal- saved mine. Oh, I, it, yeah.
0: No no doubt. I mean, if I if there was anything I could recommend, you know, I tell girl, I tell ladies to journal and I usually tell guys to take notes. Yeah. You know, because we don't journal, but but it's it's just amazing because you know, a thought is fleeting, but a paragraph is reflective. It's really interesting to look back at, because because you know, one of the big things in uh, cognitive behavioral therapy is learning how to non-identify with the voice in your head. You know, we got to become more aware of the internal dialogue, and then we want to non-identify with that. And what I mean by that is that it's almost like, okay, I hear that voice. What would I tell my best friend if they were thinking that? Yep and by journaling it allows you to do that you write it down and it's almost like you're reading this and you're you're talking to this with this paragraph yep and and it allows you to to clarify and evaluate what you're thinking you know non-judgment i love what you said it's fun right because people people i think a lot of times are really really scared to face that that internal dialogue so
1: important though
0: you know there's a saying it says the cave we fear to enter holds the treasure treasure we desire yep so you know don't be afraid to go there to examine thyself you know Socrates said know thyself the unexamined life is not worth living and it's through that self examination is where you begin to find your way out
1: I remember we we talked about searching for that problem and then moving toward you, you gave me some story about someone at the gym you weren't too keen with, and then you move towards them, you look towards them, and and uh, it turned out pretty good.
0: Absolutely, I mean that, that's a that's an important story. So, uh, you know, I'm a huge Stoic fan, and Marcus Aurelius, oh, yeah. he's a Stoic, and I read this book that was about him. It was called "The Obstacle Is the Way," and and what he had said. Let me make sure I'm quoting this right. He said, "The impediment to action." advances action. What stands in the way becomes the way. And that just blew my mind. And so what I did is I my next day of journaling, it was like, what are some of the things that bother me? Okay. And rather than what most people do, they'll run from that. What I did is I made a specific effort to go toward those people or those things that bother me, right? Because you, you, that that's an opportunity to to hone your craft, to get really in touch with those thoughts that we have. And it's only when we're bothered or agitated, if we can control that in that moment, then what happens is the thing that we dread going to the most is the thing that we need the most. It's a total shift, a reframing. And the, the great thing is when, when the obstacle is the way, then I know I need that, then there's nothing in the world that bothers you.
1: Same thing with me needing to talk to you. I, I hated yeah. the idea of therapy, of therapy talking to someone, but that that's what I needed to get through it.
0: Yeah. And it, you know, and it, you could call it therapy. Uh, I like to just call it tools.
1: Yeah. You know, tools, we, 100%.
0: we, we, we have a toolbox right now. That's empty, you know, or, or I can tell you this, you know, it's like, it's like taking a uh, it's t- like taking a, a screwdriver to a job when you need a wrench, yeah. You know, we, we have good intentions of trying to overcome something, but the method that we're using is only making it worse. You I know, like
1: that a lot. Yeah, yeah that's you, very you, true.
0: You you think the person that uh, aggravates you the most, well, you just need to avoid them.
1: Yep.
0: But but the thing is, is that avoidance is anxiety's best friend. The, the I like that. You yeah. Avoid it, The more internal anxiety it builds because there's there's a term called anticipatory anxiety you're anticipating running into them so it's always on your mind and it's always bothering you rather than just going to it having the conversation and you know i think we talked a lot too about uh, like if someone's coming at me and they're angry what i do now is i recognize that they're suffering right so that that way it kind of disengages my fight or flight. I want to fight back. Well, it's not me that they're they're coming at me with all this anger, but it's really not me that they're angry at. It's just that something's happened in their day and they're not doing very well. I love well. that
1: philosophy. I rem- I remember this, we used to talk all the time and I I miss that. I just the, yeah, the, the well, different perspectives get back that to- you bring is just incredible.
0: Yeah, we're going to get we're gonna, we're going to get back to that, but uh yeah, it's just it's just about reframing and uh yeah. You know, Da Vinci, Da Vinci, well, this, this quote is attributed to Da Vinci, but he said, when, when you start to look at things this way, he said, I awoke to find that the rest of the world was still asleep. Yep. And, and, and it doesn't mean like in an arrogant way that I'm at this certain level, but, but, what, but what you've noticed and what I've noticed also is that when you see people acting a certain way, you think, wow, I used to do that hmm Yeah. Right? It's just because of the way you're framing what's going on in the moment, taking it personal and getting offended.
1: Yeah.
0: I think we see that a lot. Yeah. So, so we'll get back. So your dad, you know, we, we got introduced and then you and I met. And, uh, so what you found is there was some, uh, there was like some leftover dialogue from oh, yeah. having the tumor, like the tumor was gone, but it, it still was with you.
1: A lot of self self trauma was induced there. A lot of uh, you know superstition that I that I caused myself. You know, and uh, we talked about this before. A lot too is uh, superstition is something that I, I shy away from. So I'm part of this this thing called this program uh, called Wrestling Mindset. You know, it's a it's a great program. It helps wrestlers with their mindset before, during, and after matches training preparing everything along those lines and uh a lot of the stuff that i write down there is my own personal tools in my toolbox that use the same references 90 percent of it is from you and the stuff that we've talked about um but with with that you know the superstition and and uh a lot of wrestlers you know they have to do fast feet or jump up and down or get real beat up before or else they're gonna have a bad match or whatever you know um i take it differently you know i hate superstition because when i was had a lot of that dialogue from before i would always walk around like oh don't step on that crack or else your tumor's gonna grow don't you know do this or that you know just it's it's, it's very stupid and it sounds stupid out loud but it's it's a very scary and I, real I, thing
0: i don't think it's stupid i think a lot of us do that i mean i've done I've yeah. it before oh, 100%. yeah you think you know It's a, it's a lack of control you think that you have better control
1: yeah and one of the things that we talked about was control what you can you know don't don't try to push towards out, out outward things that you cannot control so and i think about that it's in my toolbox that i've that I've written down in my journal and before every match i always do different things you know a lot of guys don't like doing that but that's what i do because i can't i can't get into the whole superstition or else i'm gonna mess up my mindset so definitely um controlling yeah. what you can is very letting go what you talked can. about and letting go what you can't yeah
0: you know, I, you know, you were talking about John, uh, I think the serenity prayer is something also great yeah. to put on your refrigerator or in your mirror in the bathroom, but you know, God, God grant me the serenity to accept the things that cannot change the courage to change the things that I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Yep. That's, that's, that's so beneficial. So, uh, so we, so again, you, you. Your wrestling and now tell us a little bit about how that's going and you've got some college, uh, oh, offers.
1: Man. yeah, last, last year of high school this year. So I'm definitely chasing that title. Um, college wise, you know, it's always been something that I have pursued. My dad was a college wrestler, so he, uh, full support mode right there. Um, it's, it's exciting. The, recruit, the recruitment process, you know, it's very, uh, it's very, hard very kind of nervous you know very nervous feeling who's gonna because you're looking for acceptance right that's what it is sure. you're, you're seeking for acceptance from other people who want you and and along those lines but uh you know it's it's a fun journey and uh the ncaa just opened up unlimited so you can take as many visits as you want college visits that's where you get your offers that's where you see what they have to offer you for different uh You know wrestling wise to see their facilities see the wrestlers all that stuff so i'm definitely taking advantage of that um
0: and i would you know i would definitely tell your story because if i was a wrestling coach i would definitely want you
1: coaches love it i like so it it, it's very hard to talk about you know it's hard to it's hard to share a lot of you know it's it's hard to talk about your past right you know what stuff that you've been through the hardships that you've been through the the aftermath of it all but coaches you know coming from a a strong gratitude perspective here I think it really sets me apart from a lot of a lot of other athletes a lot of other prospects Um, and so you know I I share it you know I share it to coaches I I let them know about it and a lot of got a lot of them really like it so
0: well I mean I I think sharing is probably one of the most I call it full disclosure you know I mean there's you know I, I could tell you everything about my life and I'm not holding anything back or suppressing anything because uh, it's in that suppressing or or what, what we do is if we suppress that, then we suppress other things too. And we, we get into this bad habit of, of not being honest. And um, and it's hard to have gratitude also unless you have fully told your story. And it's great too. You can share this with kids. Now, we, we talked about it earlier. I said it was the most beautiful compensation in life that there's no way you can help someone without helping yourself. Serve and you shall be served. Yep. So, you know, you, you mean a lot. You'll 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 mean a lot to the kids that, that are coming up. Uh, yep. It's a great story. And uh, like I said, the coaches will will love it.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, it's it's awesome. I think serving wise, the Lord, he's blessed me with the ability to continue life as a normal, you know, fully functioning human being. So I, I want to give back to people. You know, it's it's big. I just joined the fire department. I don't know if I told you about that before, I think we we're talking about it. But my my dad's a firefighter, I just joined with him. I got my EMR, right. so I'm serving with him. And uh, it's great. You guys love my story that I, talk, that I tell you, about.
0: You, you didn't tell me about it, but I, I can see you definitely being a firefighter. Some oh, of my workout awesome. partners are firefighters and some of the greatest, <laughs> yeah. best guys you'll you'll ever be around.
1: It's fun, man. I love it. I yeah. love it.
0: So you've got one more year. Um, yep. What do you plan? Have, have You've got some offers right now? I know you can't give it away.
1: Yeah, so I, I have a couple um i'm keeping it open you know uh it's it's exciting but yeah last year i got a couple yep
0: okay good good so so what are some of the books that you read or tell me some of the things that you use so that other people if they're in uh if they're listening or watching tell us some of the books that you've read that have helped you out a lot
1: man you really inspired me to get into reading i'll tell you that much um I'm always looking for. So I like I like reading, you know, mental side stuff, but I also like to look into ex-military guys, you know, like Jocko, David Goggins, all that stuff. Um, I just finished Can't Hurt Me. Great book. Highly recommend. I just started. Never finished. That's his David Goggins second book. Um, Those they're, they're pretty awesome. I highly recommend they really go into the into the mental side of things and the determination the, the drive and the pursuit of what you want you know it's, yeah, really. it's selfish oh it's selfish but you know that's that's kind of have to, how you have to be if you want to get you know where that, you want that, to
0: be. I'm glad you said that that's another thing you know the thing is is that we've been told to be um uh, you know not be so selfish uh yeah. but but I, to me I think that you know you have to be selfish so that you can be selfless you know I mean it if I didn't care about my, my health or, or, you know, my fitness level, then I, I don't truly think I could be my best for everyone else. My, my son, my daughter, my wife.
1: Yeah. Uh, and I, You you think, get that too. You, you told me about a, uh, boxing story before we started this about, a boxing podcast story. about oh, yeah. how you got, do you understand that feeling preparing for, for you're yeah, you staying across from another guy? You have to be selfish
0: you you ha- there there's a if you have a goal there's there's certain things that we have to set up to achieve that goal and you know backing up a little bit i've tried to come up with these five pillars if i was having to tell somebody and number one you'll you'll, you'll find this strange because i have goal setting goal at number four most people start off with the goal but so if i if i'm if i'm trying to give these pillars number one would be self-awareness becoming yeah. aware of the internal dialogue I always tell people that that personal awareness precedes personal transformation. Right? I've got I've got to be, become aware of myself, who I am, what I do, what my positives, what my negatives are, before I can transform into something different. You know, most of us we just want to transform. So we start a diet. You know, but we never go back a minute and say, well, why am I having to do a diet? You know, what was the lifestyle I lived? What are my triggers? What, what, why do I eat the way I eat? So we've got to go back and start with personal awareness. And, and number two, acceptance. You know, uh, I think Epictetus said we suffer more in imagination than we do in reality. We've got to accept reality it doesn't mean that we that I like where I'm at, or I condone what's happened to me. But it's accepting what is and uh, number number three is control the controllables
1: yeah you know, that I was big I remember weird. we talked about this when we were meeting before and it's it it, it completely changes everything if, Uh you yeah, if you're listening just, you got to look into to stoicism and, and these there's so much information out there about how to change your life into the direction that you want to go to
0: change your life by changing your thoughts that's it. exactly you know?
1: it's so big
0: so the the controlling controllables and then now now we get to goals. so what is my goal and I really think if you you ignore those first three your chances of reaching your goal is gonna be minimal because what's gonna happen is you're trying to, you're trying to implement a different behavior with the same mindset. You gotta change the mindset and then you behave. Now, that doesn't mean that we can't behave our way into success, that's another way of doing it. You just, you write down what I wanna be and then you behave that way and over time, you can do that. But if you're just going into it alone, trying to follow somebody's program for whatever it may be, it's going to be really, really hard to stick with that. And uh, so, yeah, so you, you've you got to become more self-aware. And, uh, you know, some people, again, might say, man, you're just stuck on yourself or it's all you do is think about yourself. Well, I have to know myself and and know the things that really get me going, the things that are preventing me from achieving certain things
1: i'd say a lot of it's because you're scared too a lot like if you look into if and you you know that feeling too it's scary you know with uh i related a lot of my stuff i relate to wrestling it's scary you know um when you look at when you look at wrestling and you say that you love it we talked about this too when when you look at wrestling and you say you love it it's completely different than than saying i love i love football i love soccer i love baseball it's because when you say like, be be real, you know, wrestling sucks, lifting sucks, <laughs> cutting weight sucks, you know, going out and competing in front of all these people, you're wearing a little tight leotard, it sucks, you know, it's nerve wracking. Competing's nerve wracking. You have all this pressure on you, it sucks. But that that feeling, I would say, is the reason why people say they love it. Is is that fear? Some people just need that feeling of fear, and uh, that's very. A lot of guys are addicted to that. I'd say I'm addicted to it, that, that feeling of fear and to overcome and to cope with that feeling of fear as well is through, um, being that perspective of, in control man, well, of your thoughts. yeah. Yeah. And control of your thoughts. Exactly.
0: You know, you, what, what you're saying, what you're saying, fear, uh, in wrestling, I think of failure in the gym. Yeah. Right. I mean, like you need the fear. I need the failure. Because you know in the weight room, it's a good metaphor for life, but because I fail, I get stronger, I get larger, I get more fit. and uh, so it's about, it's about reframing how you look at the fear and also how you look at the at the struggle or at the failure. You know there's there's a saying I know it's kind of pithy, but uh, I't didn't, I didn't I didn't fail. I just learned. And that's really that's really you know the, 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 the failure is a great learning process for any of us if we will just don't repeat it again you know that's the thing and 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 two i think you know as as, as we were talking about earlier or as many of our talks uh box breathing you know Bible, how, yeah. what what are some tools and i think box breathing is something that anybody can use you can do it in your car in your office uh so one thing when we get when we have fear is we start shallow breathing. It's part of the fight or flight mechanism. And you're getting your body prepared to do something. And, but with a shallow breathing, our brain fills with this neurotransmitter acetylcholine. And it, it, it you're not thinking rationally or logically, you're just in more of an instinctual being at that point. And so one of the, the, the simple way to remove that is through a, pr- a method called box breathing. So what box breathing is, is you breathe in through your nose for five seconds you hold for five seconds
1: that's the hard part right there
0: you exhale through your mouth for five seconds and then you hold for five seconds and you do that for three to five rounds and what that does is it allows that acetylcholine to be minimized or swept out of the brain so that you're more capable of using logic and reason you know it's, it's such a powerful tool that they also call it seal breathing, because the Navy SEALs use it. And you can imagine, I don't know if any of us will ever be in that traumatic of a situation, but if it works for them, yeah. then, hey, it can work for us. And, I, and I, I know for you and for myself, I've tried it, and it does work.
1: Yeah, when you go into, uh, I, I relate a lot, so into life even. when When you're wrestling, though, I like to go into it with a cogent mind you know and that's super powerful for wrestling that goes into life as well you know going into into anything with a cogent mind and a meditative state is super important and you achieve that through that box breathing and it's you can see it in people too like back to wrestling if if i'm if i'm warming up on the sidelines right and i see my opponent over there you know he's he's super jacked or whatever you're going out you're excited he's a high competitor high on the on the rankings whatever like any of that matters it doesn't but he's high on the rankings you know you're going to be nervous right get that box breathing going on starts to calm you down a little bit you're going through a meditative mind all those little subconscious thoughts start to kind of fade away and then you get into your own zone you get into your flow and that's when you start you know getting that confidence going You're, you're excited and ready to go and you can also see the guys who don't know how to do that you can you see guys who are on the sidelines and they're trying to mask that feeling with uh pounding on their their muscles on their chest yeah they're trying to get kind of that little bit of intimidating you know they're trying to mask that with with whatever and that goes into life as well you can see that all these people who try to mask it with money drugs whatever Yeah. yeah
0: i don't know if you remember this but i remember telling you one time that when that guy's jumping around you tell that guy you say to yourself he this guy has no clue what's about to happen to him remember that was one thing and i and i also said that uh you know uh, I would hate to have to wrestle me today
1: yep I was about to say that oh my you gosh know, I love just, that, that gave me goosebumps the first time I heard that
0: yeah stay staying calm and I remember you did write that down
1: oh yeah of course I had you got me into journaling so that was you know I always had my journal on me when we talked and I'd write all that down and it's good to expand your toolbox
0: sure yeah I know I remember with my daughter when she played soccer and she was about to run out on the field. I'd holler down and say, hey, Courtney, they don't know. And then she would look up at me and she would say, they don't know. Just a little way of like building that, you know, that, that, that focusing. They don't know. They have no clue. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, yeah. No, a lot of these these techniques are they're so good. And it's just, it's amazing how it's most of the battles we fight are really in our mind.
1: Oh, yeah. Once you conquer yourself, there is no one standing in your way. Big, yeah. so
0: so tell, tell me a little tell us a little bit more about uh where you're at right now with your scholarships i know you can't mention the schools but you've got several coming in offers
1: oh yeah man so a lot so i'm not a fan of the cornfields right i, I'm I sorry. told you all the cornfields up here okay I, yeah so uh like i said before i grew up in knoxville tennessee that's my home you know i really miss those mountains so I'm trying to I'm trying to kind of locate myself more down to the south, southeast. But there's a my dad Russell that's out of school up north, too, that I'm really excited about. You know, uh, that would be a good place to go to. I'm keeping it open. You know, I don't want to anchor myself down. But sure I'm just
0: options open.
1: I'm very yeah, I'm very blessed to be in the the position that I'm in. Uh, Lord's opened a lot of doors for me. I'm very thankful for that. I'm very thankful to have all these options, and uh, now it's just about scholarship money. If you're a coach and you're listening about this,
0: now do do wrestlers up north? Do y'all get scholarships like the football players do down south? No, 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 no.
1: no. So footballs they get a lot of scholarships. Wrestlers don't. Um,
0: you probably have academic. I bet you have academic scholarships coming your way. Oh so yeah, you. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So. Um, yeah. A lot of, a lot of scholarships for wrestling are very hard. A lot of guys are preferred walk-ons true. and, uh, you know, I have nothing, I have nothing against that. You know, it'd be cool to have some uh, athletic scholarship money too, which yeah. I have, I have a couple for athletic scholarship, but you know, it's, uh, it's fun. You know, it's not, it's not football, but you know, it's fun. I actually just played some football last year though. I'm not, it's pretty good. No, it's don't get fun. hurt. Cause, yeah. Cause you know, I grew up, I was never allowed to, and then yeah. I had that I had that surgery, and uh, I was kind of in the mindset of, you know what, all this I've been held back for so long. I'm screw it, let's let's do it. So I played football for a little bit. It was fun. I was a tight end.
0: Yeah, well, you I bet you would be good. You've got the right attitude. You'd be good at any sport you play.
1: It was fun. I love it. Right. Yeah, skiing too. We just do a lot of skiing.
0: Well, Connor, I hope you uh, will continue to tell your story, and we'll we'll meet with you again, but. You know, yeah. to as many people as you can, we've, we've talked about service and giving back because there's a lot of people out there that I think are going through things that we just never know. That was one thing that Cindy and I had talked about, this program, Elevate. We've, we've had people on that, you know, you see them right now, and they're successful, and they've got full of confidence. And, you know, we may beat ourselves up and go, why can't I be like that? But they, they have no clue where, you know, where we started and, and how far we've come. And I, I truly believe that one of the big problems we're having with today's society as far as younger kids, and I know I'm an old man saying this, is that parents have rescued their kids from a lot of the suffering. And, and suffering is, I think, necessary to become strong. You know, you don't get stronger without, without the stress. You know, uh, what is it? Uh, the stronger the wind, the stronger the oak. I mean, we, we've got to have pressure.
1: And you know you're doing it right when you're starting to pray for those hardships.
0: Yeah, I mean you've really got to dig in and you've got to find your way out. And uh, we've yeah. kind of rushed in a little quick and we've rescued our kids a little bit too quick. And uh, so there is strength to be gained in the suffering. I'm not saying suffering like a serious accident, but I'm just saying yeah. little everyday occurrences. You got to let them work their, their you way gotta through. Let it suck. Yeah, you know. You and, let it and, and, suck. And 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 I've always you know the, the philosophy my wife and I have had is that we don't teach our kid we don't teach our kids uh, oh, we don't yeah. teach our kids what to think we teach them how to think you know so, so if they like ask that. us a question we go I don't know what do you think and and build that brain you know build that that logic and reason uh, you know young men are are young men's brains our frontal lobe which is the area the uh, the neocortex. Uh, it is the executive director of our behavior. And uh, young boys, it doesn't really mature until around 26. And girls, they mature a little bit quicker. And I know for you girls out there, do will start laughing and make fun of us guys. But uh, yeah. girls mature around 22. And so it's very, very important that we, we, have, we, we can teach our kids and, and build that up, just like you'd build a muscle by having them think about and, and work their way through a problem rather than solving the problem for them.
1: Exactly, yeah, anyway, build, build that journey or build the foundation for that journey is, yes. yeah. is very important. The
0: foundation we talked about before is the most important part. If it's not strong, then the house crumbles. So coming
1: from a gratitude perspective again, I think I'm I'm right in the middle of that journey. I'm excited to see where are. it, oh, where it spits me it.
0: out. You got the world ahead of you, but the thing is is that you've got the tools to go out into this jungle and it not affect us. You know, it's, it's amazing that We live in a world now that is, this is probably the easiest time for human beings to live. This is the greatest time, okay? But there's more stress and anxiety than ever. And it's because as life becomes easy, we start panicking about things that are really, they're not that big a deal. They're insignificant.
1: Mm -hmm. Control what you can. Yeah. That's big. Well,
0: well, Connor, I really want to, I want to thank you so much for, sharing your time with us and and i hope that we can have your dad in here and at some point and you know y'all come on together and uh kind of talk about you know we can talk a little bit more about how we met and he can tell us about you i think he probably has bigger stories you're you're so uh modest i'm sure he has some <laughs> stories he can tell about and it's, oh i'm sure i'm sure, I'm sure again yeah he he'll probably tell stories you don't want to you don't want him to tell
1: oh yeah yeah he has he'll share some i'm sure
0: <laughs> all right well thank you so much for coming in and sharing your story with us
1: thanks for having me on i appreciate it, it was a it was a blessing
0: yeah thanks a lot